0: Welcome back. It is the NFC East mixtape. That is bare. Uh, this is the greatest crossover event ever attempted and successfully landed in the history of mankind. You can hear this podcast in any of four different places. Uh, all of SB Nation's homes for NFC East content. That's Blogging the Boys, Bleeding Green Nation, Hogs Haven, and Big Blue View. He is Brandon Lee Gowden of Bleeding Green Nation. I am Arjo Choa of Blogging the Boys. We are recording this several days in advance and we are both on some time crunches. So this is going to be an episode to say the least blg
1: i love how it was dead quiet until he literally <laughs> started the show and then bear started to bark it's almost like he knew somehow that's that's a good way to start the show rj we're on a time crunch but it's a fun show we have for the listeners today Longtime listeners of the nfc east will know that we did this activity
0: last year around this time Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, I, you sounded like you were going to lead into it so uh what brandon is talking about uh is um we're going to, do, well, we're kicking off a bit of a series, if, if you wanna be frank about it. Uh, and the reason for that, if we're being fully frank, Um, is we're going to be on a time crunch for the next couple of weeks. You talked, Brandon, about how we're both traveling um, on our last episode. Uh, So we're recording this one and next week's episodes on days that are normally not when we record. So for full context, uh, this episode will not feature any sort of breaking news. Uh, We're recording this on Thursday, June 9th, but it will drop on Wednesday, June 15th. Um, So if any major NFC East news happens between now and then, obviously, just make sure to check uh, your local NFC East team site and their podcast network and they'll obviously have you covered uh, for when the eagles trade jalen hurts for jimmy garoppolo but um also, real quick i should probably <laughs> note rj that as of
1: june 9th there is not a work stoppage at vox mm. media so we're recording this before and hopefully as we're recording this on june 9th we don't get to that point hopefully a new deal is reached and we can continue to provide great content here but that's some additional context that should probably be said and if you want to help uh prevent that from happening you can reach out to rj and I on social media Uh, I'm at Brandon on Twitter and Instagram and RJ Ochoa is on those platforms with his name as well if you want to reach out to us to help support us and make sure there isn't a work stoppage
0: yeah um the uh potential work stoppage hypothetical work stoppage would begin two days prior to this episode dropping so we really don't know what uh what next week or rather today has in store for us and you uh but you know it is just a a, you know we want to get episodes out we love content we love making content we love our jobs as Brandon mentioned um which is why we're hustling and bustling to get this thing done uh before all the traveling happens so uh Brandon with that being said are we ready to finally begin after kind of dancing around the subject for almost three minutes
1: So people already know it anyway, because it's in the the title slash headline, whatever platform you're watching this on YouTube or the podcast. It is the NFC East most underrated. So we're going to go team by team. And last year we did offense, defense and a legacy pick. I don't really feel like it makes sense to go legacy again, because we're probably just going to repeat some of our answers. I, I would think we would. Um, so if you want to go back and look through last year's show, you really can if you, if you care about that. But we're going to do offense, defense for each team. And then at the end, just really quickly want to touch on the division's most underrated head coach, GM, and then assistant coach slash coordinator. So why don't we start off, RJ, as we usually do with the reigning NFC East mm-hmm. champs, but then lost mm-hmm. in the first round in a very mm-hmm. embarrassing fashion. The Cowboys, who will certainly not repeat in 2022. Who is their most underrated player why don't you go first with the cowboys this time since i stole your thunder on the
0: question the truth serum episode so so um the most underrated offensive player obviously so we're starting i think we'll keep that order for all yep. four offense defense and then uh, kind of round out the division as a whole uh, it's difficult to be underrated as a Dallas Cowboy in general. Um, I've said that for many years. It's something, though, that the truly elite achieve, like Tony Romo. Um, and you have to, like, earn your stripes to become underrated as a member of the Dallas Cowboys. I have a few nominees that I whittled it down to in my mind. Uh, first was Michael Gallup, but I understand that he's come back from injury and people are kind of, like, hard-pressed or, like, strongly evaluate him in any sense. Um, I do think we were going to hear a lot of like fantasy takes about Michael Gallup. People are going to be like, "Oh, you can stash Michael Gallup because he's not going to be whatever." Um, I think you can make an argument that Dak Prescott's underrated. I, you know, it, it, but well, like, because you and and this is going to be a common theme for me th- for th- for this episode. Underrated means underrated. It doesn't mean like they're actually really good. It means they're underrated. Uh, right. So if, if somebody believes that somebody is trash and they're not trash, then they're underrated. Um, and so that gets a lot of heat. But some of that is just the nature of being the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. Um, I think you could make a weak argument that Zeke Elliott has become somewhat underrated because people have like gone to a point of over criticism uh, with him. But, you know, The classic Bill Simmons, so overrated he's underrated. Right. Um Tony Pollard, I think, would be like a vogue answer. People would say like he like, in fact, um, well, this week that we're recording this, uh, Mina Kimes went on uh, NFL Live and talked about how the Cowboys need to use him more and, you know, how he is the better back on the team and all that is true. But I do think that's a little bit, you know, it's a little bit low hanging fruit uh, for the purposes of this example. It's a great answer. But I will say Terrence Steele, they're starting right Mm. tackle. I think he is a very average NFL right tackle and I think that that's super impressive given that he obviously uh started as an undrafted free agent two years ago and he has is he is really the reason that they moved on from Lyle Collins I mean because of their belief in him he's grinded his way to this point um and I think unlike Tony Pollard and everybody else like I think your average NFL fan doesn't know his name um and given that he's an average NFL starter I think that's impressive so he's my answer
1: I thought about including Terrence Steele but I felt like it was bad vibes in the uh offseason of the Cowboys, maybe. Overestimating him. Like they might be overrating him a little bit because they mm-hmm. cut Leo Collins and it's like the, the offensive line makeup and everything. So uh, I didn't end up going with him. Gallup, I considered as well, but he's the NFL's twenty fourth highest paid receiver annually now, and I
0: don't think I mean that's another. well. He hasn't played it down with with those circumstances and that context, but that's I mean, so I mean, I think that's all I would
1: say. Part of it, it's like so again to your point about in terms of like it's not about they suck or whatever, um, it's about like for overrated, I guess so more. So it's about the perspective. Like, and some guys I think are underrated nationally, but might not be by the Cowboys fan base. Or right, 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 right. So it's all about perspective too. Uh, I'm coming at it still from like more, I am going with the low hanging fruit here. I'm going to go with Tony Pollard. Sure. Because he's the correct answer just from, like, the Cowboys' own perspective. (laughs) Like, like, they are underrating him, clearly. It's it's ridiculous that Zeke is getting the amount of touches that he is over him when you consider Tony Pollard, second in PFF rushing grade last year, fourth in yards after contact per rush attempt. He's 20th in receiving grade among running backs. And if you want to compare those categories to Zeke, like – Pollard it's, is way it's ahead. Not, <laughs> it's like, not close. Zeke is 21st in rushing grade, 43rd in yards after contact per rushing attempt, and 40th in receiving grade. Also, if you want to argue like pass protection, you would think Zeke might be better, you know, as a bigger guy. Pollard actually was 37th in PFF's pass protection grade, and Zeke was 53rd. So he was, he was worse in literally every possible category. Uh, it doesn't make sense to me. I think some guys, in fairness to the Cowboys, I don't know if this is the case. I don't know this. Like applies here but as a general concept i think there are players who are better in a contributing role as a role player and they just because they do well there doesn't mean they can handle the volume like not all efficiency guys can handle massive volume um and obviously zeke has demonstrated to that to some point but i still think they're being really dumb and they should be playing tony pollard
0: more often The only thing you said that I would disagree with is you said that the team is underrating Tony Pollard. I don't think that's true at all. I think the team is fully aware of how skilled and capable Tony Pollard is. I think they just prefer this. You know what I mean? So, like, I don't, like, I think, I think that's almost giving them too much credit to say that they're underrating Tony Pollard. I think they're, they're properly rating him in their assessments of their talent pool. But they just would rather, they want to, they're Frank Sinatra this thing. They want to do it this way. They want to win this way. This is the Dallas Cowboys where they want to be like Emmett Smith in the 90s with the big offensive line up front, the Great Wall of Dallas. Like that's how they want to play and win football games. Um, so, okay, Tony Bard, whatever. Uh, defensively, I think my answer will surprise some Dallas Cowboys fans, uh, but mm. you can go first. I'm
1: going to take Jaron Um mm. Again,
0: that, that's, you're all about the low hanging
1: fruit. Yum, yum, yum. I mean, I, I don't know who else is really going to go with here. No one else jumped out to me in a, in a super big way. He was PFF's third highest graded Cowboys defender. He only had a 77.5 pass rating allowed last year with two interceptions, 10 passes defensed. He signed for two years, $10 million, $5 million guaranteed. That's like a pretty reasonable contract. It's the 24th highest annual value. But when you consider like this offseason where safeties got big money, like Honey Badger got big money. Marcus Williams obviously got top of the market contract. Justin Reed broke the bank with the Chiefs. And then even someone like Marcus May coming off a, a down season uh, got some decent money with the Saints uh, as well, in addition to the Honey Badger. So, for an offseason where all these guys are getting kind of overpaid or big money, like the Cowboys re signed Jaron Kirst at like a pretty reasonable rate. And I think just based on the market and everything, I think he's kind of underrated.
0: It's a different argument but i'm so terrified of what he represents because he represents to the cowboys front office like we can do it we can we can look under the rocks and we can find these uh you know these players that nobody's evaluating and we can turn them into superstars yeah maybe you can and that did happen they have they had a lot of you know players that kind of you know had some massive returns on investment for them in 2021 but the likelihood of that repeating in 2022 is extremely low uh jaron curse was like the name i don't know how well monitoring your or how well you monitor this situation but like you know, it seemed like he was going to leave. The Carolina Panthers were interested in him. Um, and it really felt like he, it was going to just be another one that got away. But the Cowboys did manage to get him back. And to your point, on a two year deal. Uh, so a little bit of security there. He is, I don't think this is an exaggeration, the best safety the Cowboys have had since Roy Williams, um, who that, is. A, that was he, another
1: part of it for me. For like a position that the Cowboys has plagued the Cowboys for so long, I think that factored in.
0: Yeah. Uh, Roy Williams would be a different legacy answer. Like, you know, there's like legacy players that like were actually really good, but the end was really bad. So people like just assume they were that bad player, you know, for the entire duration of their career. But um, so that's a f- fine answer. I mean, like, and really, you know, there's not a lot of opportunities to give Jaron Curse as an answer for, you know a question like this. I mean, obviously, he's only played for the team for one year. But a journeyman, NFL journeyman before, um, you know, kind of having a solid spot. Shout out to Dan Quinn, obviously, for getting the best out of him. Speaking of journeyman, this is a very different question, but did you see the tweet going around uh, when Ryan Fitzpatrick retired? I don't know who tweeted this, uh, but I just saw it a few times. Somebody tweeted, like, Ryan Fitzpatrick is arguably the best backup quarterback in NFL history, which is a point I think we both disagree with. But but they said, should he go into the Hall of Fame for that? And it was... (laughs) It's no, just, I I know it was really really funny. Uh But anyway. and that's not even true. Like he wasn't even a backup. He was a
1: starter for like multiple stints. You know, he wasn't like pure backup all the time. Who happened to just get in? Like he was a starter in Buffalo, and he was a starter with the Jets, and he was a starter in Miami, and then um, he was a starter in Washington.
0: Like that doesn't even make sense. I know. Like, like I said, I don't know how you could even qualify who the greatest backup is. Like because it's like, I like they. Be- I mean you know, who had the greatest like, backup moment, obviously, Nick Foles answers that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, my answer for this is somebody who, again, kind of like was so like, I don't think he was ever overrated. I think he just he became like a punching bag. And he sort of represents like anytime you have a problem with the Cowboys defense, you scream this dude's name, Anthony Brown, Trayvon mm-hmm. Diggs had all the interceptions last year. And good for him. And he's awesome. Best corner on the team, obviously, no, not taking any digs at Diggs. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I do think that Anthony Brown, like it's kind of one of those things that like anything good that happens to the Cowboys defense gets attributed to other people and anything bad. It's always like, well, Anthony Brown sucks. And he had kind of like Connor Williams had a horrible number of penalties last year. Anthony Brown had the really bad game on Thanksgiving against the Raiders. And when you have a bad game in a big moment like that, people just remember that forever. Um, I want you to guess, Brandon, where Anthony Brown ranked as far as PFF's defensive grades, specifically defensive grades.
1: At cornerback, among yeah. all cornerbacks. And this is like out of players who've at least played 20% of the snaps.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. So I'm going to guess he was like 34th.
0: Um, you were a little too generous. He was 40th. Okay. But do you know who was 39th? Uh, no. Patrick Sertan. Okay. So, like, again, I'm not trying to like really, you know, uh, the cornerback that all the Cowboys fans wanted right but that, that's my point like yeah. you know what I mean and I'm, I'm not trying to be like oh the Cowboys basically got Patrick Sertan. they really <laughs> killed the 2021 draft but like my point is like he is so much better than people tend to give him credit for um and I think that that should be said Marlon Humphrey was 41st I mean again this is one very poor way of looking at this and I'm using it specifically to kind of prove my point but I think when you look at now Cowboys defenders like Micah Parsons gets all the love to Marcus Lawrence there's this like camp of like that loves him camp that hates him I I think even Leighton Vander still gets some pub. Uh, J. Ron Kurst now has a hive. Uh, Dorrance Armstrong even has a hive. Like the Cow- Cowboys defensive tackles are starting to get some love. Like Neville Gallimore, Osa Digizua played really well last year. People are really excited about John Ridgeway. So like by default to me, the only dude who like doesn't have anybody that likes him is Anthony Brown, and I think he's a, a fine player. So I think the the math sort of makes him the most underrated in my mind. Um, so congratulations to him. He though um, had not a great corner number in thirty um but you know that's a fine corner number like we both agree like jersey number a and alex and but switched this offseason to three not yeah. terrible i ha- I hate this new world dude
1: it's so stupid it's really bad um it's, zach pascal is wearing three for the eagles and it's dumb it's really dumb
0: it's really like anthony brown would be such a good like 33 or like you yep. know you know what i miss, 30, I miss 31 the- <laughs> I missed the 40s on, like, I loved Terrence Newman in 41. Like, that was such a great, Mm. you know, I mean, 40s are not better than 20s. Don't get me wrong for corners. But, like, in the right circumstances, they can work. Um, I'd rather see
1: a safety in 41 than a corner.
0: It's fine. I mean, whatever. Terrence Newman is an exception. But so those are our most underrated Dallas Cowboys. Are you ready for the Philadelphia Eagles?
1: Last thing I want to say is Dorrance Armstrong, in his hive, is Stephen Jones. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't he compare? uh, Who was Uh, it?
0: It was he said something oh, randy gregory's uh, production yeah, he literally looked at like like i will fully acknowledge that like using a pff defensive grade is not exactly like a brilliant thing uh but steven jones that it was like well they basically had the same number of sacks last year it's like steven what are you doing dude like um but jerry actually jerry has gone on the radio many times in the l- last few years and hyped up Dorrance armstrong so it is a jones mm-hmm. thing uh, to hype up Dorrance armstrong um are we ready for uh the uh i was gonna spell eagles but yeah. i can't remember who i picked last year um i don't know if you went and looked but i think i know um i think that i picked miles sanders last year i think you I did think- I feel like that was a fine choice but that's not my choice this year um i think this is i think i'm going to shock you okay okay ready for, ready for this? and i think i'm going to shock the bgn radio listeners. wow you picked jalen hurts didn't you i love you all let me be very clear bgn radio i think your sports team is the scum of the earth and i wish you nothing but like sports barrel uh but i wish you health wealth and happiness and every other aspect of life that being said I know that I upset a lot of people when I talked about him on the SB Nation NFL. show. everybody go listen to that? Subscribe, leave a rating, write a review. Oh, A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown. I think he is – and I think he's underrated the most by, like, Eagles haters. And I don't think that that is just limited to Dallas Cowboys fans. But – I and I maintain that I, I think every team that – trade. that's why, like, this is such an interesting situation. I think every team that traded for a wide receiver this offseason lost that trade, except for the Cleveland Browns because – well, the Dallas Cowboys were on the other end of that, but um, I think you know what I, I'm not saying. Traylon Burks is a better receiver than AJ Brown, but I like the obviously. I would rather like go down that path, assuming Traylon Burks develops into a star wide receiver. Uh, granted, a big assumption. Big assumption, so th- right? So that being said, I think AJ Brown is. I forget the stat that Michael Kiss, shout out to a BGN radio legend, um, used to cite every Monday on Monday Football Monday. Uh, But like AJ Brown might be the most like aggressive catcher of the ball in the NFL. And I don't think that we're factoring that enough into like how much better he can make Jalen Hurts. Um, And I I think he's played for the Titans, low market team, not on a ton of like nationally televised games. Um, He's a big fantasy player. And so like that hive knows of him. Uh, But he doesn't have the same like pub and I'm not putting him on this level, but as like Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill. And so he doesn't get the same sort of conversations generated about him. So I think AJ Brown might be the most underrated.
1: He hasn't had the multiple thousand yard seasons. And as I've talked about a lot, you know, that's a result of the Titans having literally one of the run heaviest offenses in the league as they should, because they have the best running back and Derrick Henry, or at least one of the top two. running. Good thing the
0: Eagles love to pass the ball then.
1: Well, I mean, I do think they're going to pass more than they did last year, at least at the end of the year. I mean, that's, that's what they want to be. Like, that's not a question. Obviously they went like their, their run heaviness last year was not the norm for the organization and they want to get back to passing, And what is a way to do that? Well, get some better receivers and see if you actually can do that more often. It's not going to be probably as much as it was early in the year. They're not going to be like a top five passing team in terms of volume, but they're certainly going to be somewhere above 32nd where they were last year in the end. So I respect the A.J. Brown answer, but I am using that to actually go with my most underrated pick, which is a guy that I love maybe way too much, and it's Devontae Smith because I think all eyes are on A.J. Brown. Friendly
0: explanation NFL show.
1: But, like, it's like, okay, they got, got, yes, he is. They got A.J. Brown now, and everyone's talking about him so much and, like, oh, he's he's definitely, you know, wide receiver one here. And, like, I get why you would rank him above Devontae Smith because there's more proven production there. I just think Devontae Smith is underrated in by the Eagles, first of all, because there were 38 players who had more targets than him last year, and that's ridiculous. Um, and I think Devontae Smith, and it's not just this, but he looked really good in his first OTA practice. And whereas him and Jalen Hurts are really like on the same page, AJ Brown and Devon or, and Jalen Hurts weren't as much, even though they're buddies. And by the way, you overrate this way so much. Like, like it would be the first time in NFL history that a team would break up players who were close. And it's not even like AJ Brown and Jalen Hurts are like lifelong I think friends. They met dude, in like college.
0: You are the king of those kind of storylines, and so like.
1: I, everyone made such a big deal when the Eagles traded Jordan Matthews. Like, oh, it's Carson Wentz's best friend. I remember it was so dumb. I remember reporters. Yeah, look even, how it worked
0: out with Carson Wentz. I mean, yeah, look, that was, yeah, that look was how the it beginning. worked out. He that was went the first on thread.
1: An MVP tear, and the Eagles won the Super Bowl. That you know, yeah, like, and then had to go such after a that? big deal out of that. I mean, okay, it didn't. It didn't crumble because
0: Jordan Matthews wasn't there.
1: They brought Jordan Matthews back <laughs> years I am, after that,
0: and it didn't get any better. Separate NFL subject, I'm very curious to see if the Derek Carr, Devontae Adams thing works. Like, we've kind of seen it already with Tua and, and Jalen Waddle. But like, if if the Derek Carr, that's the biggest like example of it, and if they it actually works, played together, unlike like right, right, Brown and Hurts, yeah. But like Tua and Jalen Waddler were just like teammates, but like Derek Carr and Devonte Adams are like best friends, or you know, or at least chummy. And so like, if that works, I do think it will lead to more of that. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just because that's the way the NFL works. But uh, continue. And Jamar Chase and uh, Burrow too. Um, yeah, another good point. Yeah.
1: So yeah, I think in Devontae. I really think he is. I think he could have a better season than AJ Brown, and that's not because it's aj brown's bad or anything i just think Devonte's is being slept on a little bit i think he's looked at the 1b or the two to to aj browns either 1a or number one so i think he's being a little bit underrated mm.
0: um don't buy it but whatever um big what who is the like the comp for this situation where like the the other wide receiver was like being overshadowed and not talked about enough and mm. then he kind of blew up i have i have what i think might be the answer um, which is it's ironic. Like if you consider like who the players are that are involved in like the recent history of them, do you want to hear my answer? Yeah. I think that Devonte Smith is the Calvin Ridley to AJ Brown's Julio Jones, uh, okay. which is ironic given AJ Brown's most recent, like, you know, wingman, so to speak. And um, the Eagles wanting to trade for Calvin Ridley. Right. And that Julio, we t- actually, I actually mentioned the Julio Jones, uh, not catch in the division around um, on last week's episode. And so, I mean Calvin Ridley's rookie year it was like oh well AJ, you know Julio's still gonna be Julio and like Calvin Ridley, but like Calvin really like blew up offensively I think another comp and this would make you feel better although also make you feel pain is Devontae, and he's not a rookie but he could be the Justin Jefferson to um AJ Brown's Adam I was Thielen that, sort of that is the exact
1: example I was thinking of it's obviously a different situation right. draft and not you know it's not apples to apples but that is the scenario I was thinking of because Thielen has basically been underrated right because Jefferson came in and he got all the numbers and everything but Thielen's still really really Good. So that yeah. makes
0: Jalen Hurts, Kirk Cousins. Perfect. Um, uh, defensive side of the ball. Um, you can go first because I went first last. Um, there's multiple names. This was a tough pick. There are multiple names I considered here.
1: I considered a Marcus Epps. I just think it's too soon to put him in there. I think he's being a little bit underrated because everyone thinks safety is a big need for the Eagles, and I agree that it is, but I think it's possible that he could be an okay starter. I don't think he's hopeless. TJ Edwards is a really good linebacker, and the Eagles season turnaround last year also everyone talks about how you know they shifted from pass to run and that helped and it did but also defensively putting tj edwards in there and getting eric wilson out who they ended up cutting um made a big difference for the defense that was a really big change but i still think he has limitations in coverage and i don't know if he's going to be run for the long term so i think he kind of is somewhat properly rated uh, at least for the eagles perspective uh eagles fan perspective avante maddox was actually Ninth on PFF's list of the best slot corners in the NFL. So I think you could throw him in the mix, although he got a contract extension that kind of makes him like that's he's being paid commensurately. Commensurately. Um,
0: I think there's an N in there commensurately.
1: Commensurately. He's getting paid what he's worth, is the point. I have Hassan ready. Yeah, there is an N <laughs> because. I, I think Hassan Reddick has been underrated from a standpoint oh, of geez. people point. Well, like he was the first domino for the Eagles off season, but like people are more hyped about AJ Brown and Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean. I almost think Reddick gets a little like forgotten from that standpoint. There's a and, difference
0: between forgotten and underrated, though.
1: Okay, well, I think there's yeah, but I think there's a common thread, and I, I just don't think he's getting a ton of hype. I think he's a little underrated. Um, he is he the best? Could he be the best? ed rusher in the nfc east this year no and why not. why be- because micah parsons and chase young exist why, why couldn't he be better than them four and players Kayvon, have more i sacks would even throw on tiptoe ahead of him like four, I'm, four players have more sacks than him in the past two years
0: yeah that, but that's like think about how different the nfl was two years ago like i mean you know how much i don't actually don't know how how much of his um of his sack totals come two years ago let's see so in 2020 he had, he had he, uh, he had two
1: really big years the past two seasons, as and, and a half sacks. I mean, which coincided with him finally moving from linebacker, like off-ball linebacker, to edge rusher. And I will say, like eight forced fumbles in the past two years, too. Like, these are high-quality sacks. It's not like he's just, like, padding the stat sheet here. He is, like, being really disruptive and making big impact plays. So I think he's kind of underrated. I think he could be – I think there's a world where he is the Eagles' best addition they made this offseason. And I don't think a lot of people are thinking that right now because I think they're thinking, again, more along the lines of, like, A.J. Brown or maybe even Jordan Davis or N'Kobe
0: Dean. So just looking at last year, I mean, I'm not trying to, like – you know, nitpick, but um, so he started off very strong, one and a half sacks in each of the first three games and then none against the Cowboys, incidentally, uh, two against the Eagles, ironically, um, and ha- registered a sack on November 21st against Washington when they lost the Ron Rivera Bowl. And then over the final one, two, three, four, five games of the year that he played because he did not play in New Orleans, he had half a sack. And the Panthers are really bad, and they weren't getting opportunities to rush the passer because they were down all the time because like, their offense sucked. I'm just saying, like, I'm not saying, like, he sucks, like, terrible addition. I'm just saying, like, let's relax, like, saying he could be the best edge rusher in, in the NFC That's he all He could saying. be. Well, yeah, but so could Doran Armstrong then, like, if we're, no. <laughs> if we're like, throwing How? out those sorts of, like, you know, could-be uh, umbrellas. But um, but I understand your point that people are kind of, like, more excited about other things. Um, and isn't Hassan Reddick wearing a stupid number? He's wrong? wearing seven. Yeah, Ugly. I don't love it. Oh my gosh! Ugh, terrible, stupid, wrong. Ugh. It's what he wore at Temple.
1: To be fair, I don't care. So it's not like I coming out of nowhere. No. Well, that's care. fine. I'm just giving the context. It's but stupid. yeah, I agree. I don't like it. He should have um, wear 58 because Trent Cole used to wear 58, and that would be good
0: yeah that's a great number uh for for that situation uh, but my answer is also another stupid number i don't know if that uh gives it away but again i think this is always an interesting episode i say always like we've done it a hundred times but um because like we're coming from two different perspectives obviously right like i'm more like national perspective when it comes to the Eagles, certainly like divisional perspective but um like each team's fan base over and underrates players very differently than the rest of the world mm-hmm. and so that being said i do think that this might be an answer here like what like oh he's probably rated to be very clear he has an elite number um, his first season with the Eagles, but changed it, which was a mistake. Um Darius Slay, I, I I think he is underrated. I think he's one of the better, I wouldn't say best, but better corners in the NFL. Maybe like, you know, if I have to make, a, I haven't made a list, but if I had to make a list. Like, I think he probably cracks my top 10. Um I mentioned PFF defensive grades, which again, is not the like best measurement in the world. But do you know where he finished? You probably do. Like, you probably written about this. Among cornerbacks, was yeah. he like,
1: I don't know, third?
0: he was uh, very close. He was actually not the highest NFC East corner. Um, it was not Trey Diggs, Kendall Fuller was third, mm. uh, but Darius Slay was fourth. Um, I mean, I think, and again, sometimes like I mentioned legacy players, like people only remember the end. I think there's so many people, not Eagles fans, but who only remember 2020 and who are like, Oh, the Eagles traded for Darius Slay and they came this new contract. Like, Oh, it's terrible. doesn't, it didn't even work out a well. Like he was pretty solid last year. And you know, kind of like put the spotlight on Teddy Bridgewater, which I really appreciated because uh, everybody thinks Teddy is just like perfect and infallible, but um, I don't have like a problem with Teddy to be clear. I just, you know, let's be objective, but um, Darius Slate is my answer. I think he's underrated. I think he's reached that point of like, you know, kind of like living in the shadow, so to speak.
1: I had him, I think is my most overrated defender uh, last year. He definitely had a way better year cool. in 2021 yeah, I mean... than he did in 2020 uh, pro bowl player. I do think that was boosted a little bit um by some like i mean he was really good don't get me wrong but he was boosted a little bit like the denver game was weird the return that he had was like a little weird and not like a like that's not like a sustainable play right like that's not just something that like oh wow that's that's only he can do that like it was kind of just like a weird play um and he happened to make it so he gets the credit and the you know adulation uh he gets the whatever honors for that um but yeah it's fine I'm not gonna like say you're you're like you're totally wrong I get where you're coming from with it I wouldn't pick it you wouldn't be using not in my consideration but I understand what you're arguing
0: he could lead the NFL interceptions next year that's the Hassan Reddick. I would not isn't say it? that <laughs> <laughs> um okay uh, you want to go Washington or New York first let's go with Washington we'll go in order we're still with the division you don't want to take a break here um let's take a break uh for the podcast audience uh but the YouTube audience we're not going anywhere ready break in three Two, one. Benny, welcome back. Wow. Um, you told me that you uh, carved something out of wood during the break. What was it? It was the BGN logo that I have behind it. Uh, I I... <laughs> nice. You can't see
1: uh, it. People, I, I mean, if you talk, I'll go get it. Uh, why don't you start with Washington's most underrated player in offense?
0: um are you gonna go get it while yeah. I do that well but then you wouldn't hear my assessment
1: I mean I'm, it's only like right behind me I'm gonna be able to just kind of roll back in my roll okay. chair and get it
0: oh okay uh by the way w- while you start to roll um I saw this thing on um I think reddit um about somebody who removed the wheels from their chair and um fix like took the like chair wheels off and put rollerblade wheels on their chair. Um, so, um, what I was saying while your headphones were off is I saw somebody who took the wheels off their chair and put rollerblade wheels on them. Um, maybe you should do that, but that looks pretty cool. That's what you whittled or carved. Yeah. I did this by myself. It definitely wasn't my friend, Josh. Mm, shout out to Josh. Um, if your name was Drake, it could be Drake and Josh, but yeah, it's not, or Josh and Drake. Um, that's not what the name of the show was, but anyway, um, these last two are tough and so they, we won't need to spend as much time on them, <laughs> but like it's difficult to be underrated when you're really, really, really bad. Um, I think we both probably agree. The answer is Terry McLaurin. Like if we're being like super duper fair, but, um, that's, I mean, he's properly rated though. I think people realize he's, maybe really he's good. become properly rated. Um, but I mean, I cannot wait till we do over- overrated because Curtis, yeah, overrated overrated's more fun. <laughs> come on down. Um, I, look, this is going to upset you. All right. Hmm. It's Carson Wentz. Yeah, I like, knew you were gonna <laughs> do this. I knew you were he, gonna do this. Do because people like again underrated means underrated. It doesn't mean like you're actually good. It just means you are like underrated, mm-hmm. and people think he is like the worst quarterback in the NFL. And I don't believe that. I actually think the Colts downgraded for, as far as like quarterback talent is you know concerned. Obviously, as far as personality and leadership, they didn't. But right. I think Carson Wentz is is one of the most talented players that has been playing that position for this team since Kirk Cousins.
1: I suspected you were going to do this because it's a good troll as well. I mean, I agree that he is. You can't. You couldn't put him in overrated because who's 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 doing that? Who is? Over, I mean, Washington's overrated, uh, but yeah, Washington. Uh, I think. Yeah, it's it's. I get it. He, he is was he
0: objectively? You know, it's fair. It's it's not like ridiculous to say that he you know is underrated at this point, especially for like the way like online talks about him
1: how he finished last year wasn't 100% reflective of his entire season it's he was defined by that moment because it was really bad and it matters it, it weighs more than the rest of the season does he came up incredibly short in a huge spot um so i'm not like the the, the spirit of all of that to me leads me to not pick him because it's like I, I i know he might be getting a little too much criticism but he doesn't deserve benefit of the doubt is how i would put it I went with Charles Leno because it's not—it's like a boring pick, whatever. Who cares really about Charles Leno? But I was looking at some of the grading on him. He was PFF's 12th highest graded offensive tackle last year. He was actually second overall in pass protection. That was a pretty good pickup for Washington. Like, the Bears just cut him. (laughs) He was their starting left tackle, and they cut him, and they picked him up, and he's been pretty good. And, like, to kind of make this a relevant discussion for this year, I'm interested to see how they do with Andrew Norwell who once upon a time got a big contract from the Jags and Trey Turner as well like those are kind of guys who've been established starters in the league that Washington picked up um and uh there they might be decent players Th- those might be like their Charles Leno for this year like it's picking up these guys who've started before um so yeah there you go
0: maybe we're just underrating the Washington offseason like as a whole the football part of it at least um yeah maybe maybe we are like that's That's why this exercise is always interesting. Um, I did want to mention this one more time on Carson Wentz. I think Charles Zona is also a logical pick. He has, or last season had, of current NFC East quarterbacks, he had the second highest DVOA relative to quarterbacks specifically. Only one ahead of him, obviously, Dak Prescott, but he was higher than Jalen Hurts, granted by one spot. He was higher than Taylor Heineke. He was higher than Daniel Jones. He was higher than Tua, than Lamar Jackson, than Matt Ryan. I mean, like, again, I think uh, he actually was – Um, I'm sorry. No, he was one right below him. Four spots below Russell Wilson. Uh, It's Russell at 13th, then Mac Jones, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Carson Wentz. So again, like you shouldn't lean on one statistic like and like make your whole point out of it. But like, like that's my point. Like he is like people act like he is 32 of 32, and he's not. So he's underrated in my mind. Um, defensively for Washington, I think the answer is probably Montez Sweat. I mean, it's hard. Like, cause it's they're, hard. It, this is hard because their their whole group kind of like regressed last year. I think you can make an argument that it's maybe Chase Young uh, at this point. Again, in like the world of the literal term of underratedness, because people have like forgotten who he was as a rookie because he got hurt and the team was so bad and all the drama and everything. So like, you know, I think Montez Sweat's a, a one answer. But I mean, if you wanted to go Chase Young, I'm totally cool with that as well.
1: I think it's hard in a just to argue their defensive line is underrated because that's one of the most like known things about Washington. So our people would be like, oh, that's their strongest unit. So from that perspective, but I did write down here to your point quote, do you think Chase Young is being a little forgotten coming off his injury? And then I think he
0: is because you yourself kind of forgot about him and talking about Hassan Reddick being the best edge rusher in the NFC. East.
1: Well, I mean, I think he You're could kind be of better than point. him, but it's possible that Chase Young is better. But here's my question for you. And I was thinking like could you see Chase Young having like a TJ Watt impact like for the Steelers? You know, not I don't know if the sack total is that high, but the point being like the Steelers were, they made the playoffs last year in part because they had TJ Watt. Like that's very clearly, like, they mm-hmm. don't have TJ Watt. They're not making the playoffs. Like I could see Chase Young having Washington, I don't know in the postseason, but like, on the bubble at least just because he's having such a monster season I don't think that's like likely necessarily I'm not banking on that to happen but I think that path for that exists
0: I think that's a good comp I think another one and I mentioned this on another episode um but like 2018 Khalil Mack like that offense you know like Matt Nagy and everything like Mitchell Jabisky. I think like I think this this Washington team is better than that Bears team like overall. I mean, maybe the overall defense isn't as good, but I mean like if if he can have that superstar T.J. Watt, Cleo Mack, Michael Parsons, whatever like light l i t e season, then yeah, like I think you know there's enough around him to also be good enough. I mean, we saw it kind of like find itself after everything got super duper bad last year. Um, but yeah, I think what a world where Chase Young is underrated. Like that's you know nice little. Uh, Not heel turn, face turn, I guess. He wasn't
1: my actual pick. I just put him as honorable mention. My actual pick was Bobby McCain.
0: Uh, Do you know who that is? I mean, yeah, but I mean...
1: Yeah. He he only allowed a sixty-five point five passer rating last year. He had four picks, nine passes defense. And he in Miami the year before he only had allowed a sixty-four point three passer rating. So there's multiple years of him kind of playing good back there. Again, it's not exciting. And that speaks to Washington's roster at like Charles Leno and Bobby McCain are their most underrated players. But uh I think that kind of speaks to and I'm saying speaks to a lot, but that speaks to washington's like gm this is like washington's never the worst right they're never like total i mean they're a dumpster fire off the field but like they quietly make some solid moves to keep them usually like out of being like a top five pick kind of team and like mm-hmm. or, like being the, they're not the jaguars they're not going to be right. that or like the jets they're not gonna be that bad because they quietly make these like solid moves like that that aren't really flashy but kind of just solid um so yeah there you go um
0: we don't have an enormous amount of time uh, left, so... Um, I can run through the Giants really quickly. Right. <laughs> I think the Giants answer, it is tough. Like, I, I mean, it's I offense think... Offense especially. I think the answer is probably Sterling Shepard, um, mm. just because he's the one that I dislike the least, as far as, like, potential right now. I think, similar to... Maybe not Chase Young, but, like, I think you can make an argument for Daniel Jones because, like, he gets treated, again, like this just buffoon, and I don't think that's true either. Um, that's just, like, the comedy of the nfc east at this point um so i'm fine with any of those answers i don't think you can make like make the argument that we've made for several players for saquon barkley i think he's very properly rated that's i thought um saquon might be overrated still honestly yeah like well he had a quote at otas like recently that was like i can't wait to prove everybody wrong it's like what do you mean like (laughs) you've, you've done the proving right now like you're proving everybody all you've done is prove like and i don't think you're proving anybody wrong like a lot of people actually believed in you saquon at the very beginning like you actually already proved them wrong uh, but so he's the only one who I think is exempt from this special sort of underrated distinction.
1: I went with Kenny Galladay, and it doesn't make sense from a contract perspective. He's overrated from that standpoint. But I just think what he was last year was it, like. I think that was. I think he's due for positive regression. Like I think he's going to regress back to a little bit more when he was why he he was the the player that the Giants paid for. And I don't know that he's going to be like amazing. But I think he's going to have a better season, which is not saying much than he did last year. Um, so, you know, better quarterback play, I'm guessing with Daniel Jones, not being hurt, assuming he's healthy. And then the offensive line should be, you know, again, more respectable than it was last year. So I think it's possible he bounces back. Do I feel like amazing about that? No, but again, there's really no great pick on offense for them. And then defense, I think there's a clear answer. And to me, it's Xavier McKinney, um, 65.4 pass rating allowed in 2020 as a rookie. And then 72.2 last year, he had five picks. He had 10 passes defensed. I know Giants fans really like him a lot. He's not underrated by them. But I think um, he's, he's one of the more encouraging players on their roster as a whole.
0: I agree. Um, again, I think Kayvon Thibodeau has a chance to, like, be this answer a year from now because the Giants will probably be bad. And I think he could have, like, a solid season. And so this could be, like, you know, and if he does perform well individually, then he will get a lot of, like, stories written about him and stuff because he's a electrifying personality. Uh, but, yeah, Xavier McKinney. I mean, kind of the forgotten person in the 2020 draft class like he there was a lot of cowboys fans that wanted him yep. um so i agree um shout out to the new york giants um head coach this is why tough. don't you go first <laughs> so i actually um on the day that we're recording this thursday june 9th i had an episode of my podcast called a blog on the boys where i talked about did you see uh the pff head coach ranking come on did you see that? Well, I mean, yeah, just make sure. Um, and they had Mike McCarthy tenth, and there were all these like, oh my gosh, oh McCarthy tenth. I do think, and again, like leaning on the literalness of the word, I think that Mike McCarthy is underrated because I think that people treat him like he is literally the worst coach of all time like any success happens despite him i and i think that people look at the packers you know run the, of the entire aaron Rodgers era and and i think this happens with other other duos or other pairs and they only attribute the good things to aaron Rodgers, but all of the bad things like aaron Rodgers, is exempt from any sort of bad player bad decision making despite everything we've learned over the last year and a half uh but everything bad that happened during that time is attributed specifically to mike mccarthy and I I think you have to give like if we if we acknowledge the 2020 season for everyone but for Mike McCarthy was a little wonky because of Dak Prescott's injury Tyron Smith basically missed the whole year Lyle Collins was the whole year I mean his one true season of like authentic who his team is supposed to be is 12 and 5 I realize there are a lot of you know wins against bad teams I realize they did not have any success in the playoffs I realize those are important things but I think relative to how he is regarded I think he's the most underrated coach in the NFC. I think Ron Rivera is very properly rated. I think yeah. I, Brian Dable is not really a part of this conversation. He might and be I th- overrated. Yeah, I agree. I, but I think Nick Sirianni is also, you know, properly rated. Because the jury's still kind of out on him. Like, we don't really know fully what his impact's going to be.
1: I can't pick the guy who again if, season if, like they did if, for the Cowboys. If, if you're
0: going to pick him for anything, I think this is the thing. Like, to, to make him under – because, like, he is not – a bottom third or bottom half coach in the NFL he's just not and like again that's how people treat him which is silly and it's he's he is a meme at this point which is unfortunate but when you become a meme you get treated, and that's what Carson Wentz is and so I think he's in that sort of neighborhood it's kind of like the Sean McVay Kirk Cousins thing
1: for me and there's difference there obviously McVay is more accomplished um but it's just like
0: those aren't the guys I want
1: to bet on I don't I don't care like they they can be great I think both those guys are
0: underrated in the book of BLG, by the way.
1: They could objectively be um, really good in terms of like, this is a top five person. Okay, that's fine. But they could be way better. And there's also things that I just don't want to bet on in there. There's things that I don't feel good about, like, believing in this person and McVeigh being a total coward and Cousins being a total loser in big spots. Um, So... I think mccarthy's in that boat for me obviously he is an above average coach if you rank all the coaches but i just i'm he's not a guy i want to bet on i said that last year I, I will continue to feel good about that as th-
0: he th- those are different the points that, like like this isn't like are you confident in him this is is he underrated and i think he is the most underrated and again like i don't mean to bring this discussion up because it's way too long for any conversation we have but certainly for the time we have left but like there's obviously a lot of cowboys fans who want sean payton and i don't mean to like just lean on wins and losses and and things like that but but mike mccarthy and sean payton have similar resumes right like if you look at them on paper and and people love to be like well mike mccarthy wasted aaron Rodgers' career sean payton had drew Brees, you know and and went had below 500 records three years in a row you know what I mean? Like, like if if, if the NFC mixtape existed in that time, we would have roasted Sean Payton. You know what I mean? Like, we would be sitting. He would have gotten the Sean McVay treatment that you know McVay gets from us, even though they just won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And and I don't regret anything we've said about Sean McVay. I think we're you know well founded in that. But like people conveniently forget things or dismiss things with other people, and that doesn't happen to Mike McCarthy. And they make bigger mountains out of maybe not molehills, but smaller hills when it comes to McCarthy. And so I think he's a victim of the meme ness. Um, so I do think he is the most underrated coach in the NFCs. I don't think you can objectively disagree with that.
1: I have Sirianni and do I feel like strongly about it? I feel like I might be underrating Sirianni. I think it's what I come down to in that I've kind of just been on the middle for him. I've been leaning more positive generally. I've never really been like, he's a total buffoon. Obviously there was that stretch at the beginning of last year where I was wondering if he, Might be one and done because things were really bad for a bit there. Uh, But I think it's possible that Sirianni takes a big leap this year and the team takes a big leap. I think there's, again, like just kind of like I said with Chase Young, like there's that, there's a path, there's a world where that exists. I don't know that is likely. I do think it's possible that he makes that leap right now. He's kind of just in that middle. I'm kind of still wondering, like we said on the Truth Serum podcast, I wonder where the Eagles think he gives them an edge. Uh, or all of the areas that he gives them an edge, and I'm still kind of wondering about that. So that's just that's my answer. Whatever, the, it's a homer the, pick.
0: The answer is Mike McCarthy. Nick
1: Sirianni gave me a fist bump yesterday. Am, am I allowing that to
0: color? my opinion, it's hard to say. the, Who answer, you pick it, for, for the answer? Is Mike McCarthy? The answer for GM, for GM is Hallie Roseman. It has to be. It that has last to be. Year, it can't. No, be, dude. It's getting so much praise. Dude, like, like, he was oh, like, the best
1: offseason. How so is that like
0: underrated. If if we look at Because, like, it was masterful, and I hate that. Like, I hate to admit that, but, like – But that's not being
1: underrated. Everyone's agreeing with that.
0: No, but, like – It's properly
1: rated as a good offseason.
0: I, I, but he is still like not like there are people who look at like Chris Ballard gets more love than Howie Roseman in some circles, which is stupid mm. uh, and less need because like, oh, the Rams, they spend money on everybody. Like the Rams like are, are cool and I uh, admire them. But like their philosophy isn't like innovative. It's just like, let's keep all the good players and let's add let's more. Not trap like, people <laughs> Right. Like I think Howie is the most creative I mean, the way he finagled the trade for AJ Brown, the way he assured that the Eagles still have two first round picks next year and, and, and even a second, another second round pick in 2024. I mean, like, I, I think maybe he, he, he's not going to win most overrated on this show, but like, he has to win something. And so like he, I'm the, nobody else is underrated. Jerry Jones or Steven Jones or Will mm-hmm. McClay is not underrated. Um, I mean, like, you know, Joe Shane is, is not in a place where he can be underrated. I don't agree. I think Shane could be underrated.
1: I think. People will. And I think looking forward to spinning this forward a little bit, I think the giants may be bad this year and people are going to get like, there's going to be heat for the giants and, Oh, does Shane Shane even know what he's doing? And he does. I think he, I think the, the ability to look at this roster and say, we cannot build on this. We need to tear this down more before we go forward. I think that's an underrated thing in GMing, especially because there's a lot of pressure on GMs to win now, especially first time guys like this. So, uh, I picked him. It's not a slight to Howie. I think Howie's had a great off season. I've said that. I think it's being properly rated. I think Shane is being a little underrated, at least from a mm-hmm. national perspective. We've you we've you've talked about this. You feel like the Giants are for lack of yeah, a better word but, like a sleeping giant they're kind of lying in the weeds and i think but, you have to give shane but, credit for that
0: we don't know what that fruit is going to yield like on sure. paper it looks great like to your point but like we've seen the fruit of I, and you're maybe looking at this differently than i am which like this is the end of the episode but like i'm more like considering the totality of these careers not like where we're at in this particular moment but you it's know don't no write a wrong th- answer it's a podcast it's a
1: it's a, it's a made up activity we're um,
0: doing we're short on time, so I'm gonna let you universally pick the most underrated coordinator
1: for the, Jeff University Stetland, University. the Eagles offensive line coach slash <laughs> wrong game coordinator. I mean, he should have won assistant coach of the year, not Dan was it Dan Quinn who won it?
0: Yeah. Dude, yeah, what Dan Quinn's like that oh my gosh. Like it's have like one of the worst offenses in the NFL. Nah, Dan Quinn Dan Quinn might be coming overrated, just like by virtue of like, you know, the way things go. But um fine. Okay. We did like, it.
1: Why? Why is? Why shouldn't Jeff Stetland be a head coach? And maybe he doesn't want to be. You know, well, I mean, yeah. Like, but
0: why shouldn't like a billion people be head coaches? Like, well, that, wait, why yeah. isn't he getting an interview?
1: Like, I don't know. He's maybe, an interview. maybe he's not ready. Maybe again, they, maybe well, people I,
0: wanted Mike McDaniel more. I mean, you yeah. know what I mean. Like,
1: I don't think he wants to. And, he's, and again, it's him being older probably doesn't help because teams want the young guys. But like, if if I'm a team, like I would interview him. He seems pretty good at his job. The Eagles offensive line is always really good, and it's not just about the talent. He gets more out of lesser guys. Um, so I would go with him. He he look Jeff Stoutlin is a huge reason why the Eagles made the playoffs last year. He might be yeah. Like so is the fact
0: player. that a seven seed existed. So sure. Um. Okay We did it all Next week We'll record at a different time And it will be Most overrated players Who do you think Is overrated in the NFC East Let us know BLG is on Twitter And Instagram At Brandon Gotten. I am on Twitter And Instagram At RJO Brandon the final Seven Shout out to Hasan Reddick Words well,
1: belong to you I wanted to do The random three words Thing from last show That I didn't Get to do oh, Okay the Random so three, three words Okay three so random words just,
0: just say three random words and that then don't go.
1: associate With each other No they're not like right, 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 right. Yeah okay So I'm gonna say Watermelon I'm going to say Charger, and I'm going to say Trophy.
0: Enjoy San Diego.